Hello, everybody, and welcome to an exciting end-of-the-year best and worst episode of Our Take on General Hospital. My name is Jonathan. I'll be your host today. And joining me, as always, we have Tony Ann, Karen, and Tina. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Hello. So this episode is going to be unlike anything we've done on this podcast up to this point, and that's going to be a little bit of a best and worst end of the year recap. We've got a bunch of fun categories that we're going to be discussing and our favorites and least favorites and best and worst and see if our opinions line up or if they're far away and how controversial some of them might entail. So are you guys excited? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So before we get started, just a quick side note, be sure to go to webs.net and read Karen's post because she's got some really interesting year and content lined up that's going to be posting around the same time as this podcast. So make sure to go over there and read it because she's got some really interesting categories. So I definitely think people will enjoy those. So let's dive right in to this list. Um, I'm excited. I'm interested to see where we're going to go, but we're, I, I think for the most part, I'm going <laughs> to do we don't it know what each other, yeah. In the <laughs> same order, because nobody's talked about it and we haven't talked about any of no. them, so we're just going to kind of yep. go yep. blind. So let's just kick it off with best actor. All right, so I'm going to throw it to Tony Ann first. Who do you have as best actor of 2019? My best actor is Max Gale, who played Mike this year. Um there were a lot of twists with the Alzheimer's story that I didn't agree with. It started out great and it looks like it's going to be ending great. And the middle was just one giant question mark, but Max Gale and his solid performances were a constant throughout it for me. Very cool. All right, Karen, who did you pick for your best actor of 2019? Well, you know who it is. John Lindstrom. Yay! Yes! <laughs> Good pick. That's what because... I want as well. Because, you know, I love the Ryan character and I love how he does psychotic and psychopath and sociopath and also does Kevin so well. So, yes, that's my pick. I love him. Before I throw Tina, I'm just going to go out there and say that John Lindstrom was my pick as well. All the same reasons. Um, But most importantly, because he did such a great job playing both Kevin and Ryan and Ryan playing Kevin, that it just (laughs) worked. It worked in a level that I have not seen in daytime in a long time he knocked it out of the park and i have not seen anything that impressed me with john lindstrom before and i don't mean that in a way that like i thought why is he on the show but like how why is he on the show like kevin bored me to tears he he just wasn't really an interesting he was goody two shoes and i just i didn't care and so when i heard like oh they're bringing back some evil twin for him i was like oh whoop-de-doo-dah and then holy crap Oh, because you didn't see him the park. before. I didn't see the original. No, and oh. all I seen, I've seen him on As the World Turns as a recast, and I was like, well, this is boring. And so uh. to see him, and then when everything with Kevin, he's always been like Laura's like little pal, and he just was like there, and I was like, mm. oh, well, I mean, he's good, I guess, but I don't really see the it factor in this storyline. Holy crap, give John Lindstrom <laughs> all of the Emmys. Tina? Who do you have as your best actor? John Lindstrom. Boom. Um, as so, that's why I let out that yay. Um, 
So as someone who did watch Kevin and Ryan back in the day, I always knew John Lindstrom had amazing acting chops. Um, and not only did he easily sell the whole Kevin Ryan, which playing twins on a soap, I mean, we can go back to like David Canary and all my children. It's not an easy thing to do. Right. It's to play two completely separate characters on the same screen. And then right. not only did he do that, is that when he was Ryan pretending to be Kevin, he did really good at doing the little ticks, the little things that were like, yep, that's Ryan. Yep, that gave it that gave the audience yep. the clues that it was Ryan. And there was also a time too, if I remember correctly, before it was revealed who was who, that he was playing Kevin with a bit of a darker edge. So we weren't sure if he was Kevin yet or if he'd already been switched. Right. right. So it, I mean that's the whole yep. thing. It's like there was there was a beauty to that whole thing. And and it, it, he sold it. For all the crazy, the dangling off of bridges, and all the other insanity that was happening, John Lindstrom sold that for me, and I think for most viewers. He did an amazing job this year. Well, Karen, who was the best actress for you for 2019? Is there anybody else but Maura West? Is there? I don't is think it? so. No, there's not because she's my pick too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mine as well. So. I mean, she just makes every scene that she's in superb. That's about all I can say. I mean, she's just everything. This was her year. Like, in a way that 2018, I felt like really wasn't. They allowed the character of Ava and Maura West as an actress to be revitalized and allowed her to spread her wings. And just kill it, and that's why yeah. she's my best actress as well. So, Tony Ann and Tina, what what do you why did you guys pick her? Basically, for the same reasons, because and a lot of times too, um, she gets handed awful, terrible storylines. Her character gets mm -hmm. crapped on constantly, but Maura West makes everything work. Agreed. I think it was the you know they took her from an extremely happy person suddenly trying to be better, you know, and, and they brought her back to the depths of despair and she kind of sells it all. So, um, because obviously all of you have talked about Mora, my mm -hmm. second place person was Amanda Seton because I love her take of Brooklyn. And just to talk about another actor and actress, you know what I mean? Kind of put that in there too. I think if she had been on screen, a little bit longer at doing the things she's doing, uh, she could have very easily given Mora a big run for her money. Interesting. We'll have to see how she stacks up at the end of 2020 because I, th I think this is going to be a big year for Brooklyn. So. Yeah. All right. Tina, who did you pick as your favorite couple? <sighs> well, I... I, I don't don't love a lot of the couples on screen. But, um, <laughs> I think Liz and Franco, um, simply because we've actually seen Franco evolve on screen and he's the true definition of becoming a better man with the love of a good woman. So 
I think they are my favorite couple from their jailhouse crappy wedding mm -hmm. to their amazing reception to him completely throwing himself uh, in the line of fire for her kids and accepting her kids as his own. I, I really think they've got that whole it factor to actually maybe someday be a super couple. You're a frizzy. Right? Not uh, entirely. Not okay. entirely. <laughs> mean I, I i have another place i would prefer elizabeth but okay i'll take what's on my screen fair fair tony and who is your favorite couple my favorite couple is chase and willow um there weren't a lot of couples i really liked this year and they were the ones that every time i looked at them i just went oh they're so cute and they just made me happy karen who did you pick okay now I did a little bit of a cop out on this because I'm not shipping anybody right now. I think all the couples are pretty boring. <laughs> so I picked Brad and Dr. O. That's my couple. <laughs> okay, that's great. So, that's great. <laughs> um, I love whenever the two of them are on the screen together. I can't wait to see what they're going to say. They're funnier than hell. And I, so they're my couple. Not that I'm shipping them, but, but I just like them as a, them. yes, exactly. That's, that's so can I just choice. say, that had we had best friendship as there a you go. category, it would have been them. <laughs> yeah. So right there with you. That's a good good choice. All right. So for me, I've gone back and forth between these two. So my actual favorite couple is Chase and Willow because I just I do really like them. Like they're 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 my little like ship for the show. But also I'm gonna just go ahead and tie it with Ava and Ryan because holy mm -hmm. crap. Both, they were so I, I never wanted hot. somebody that killed their partner's child to still be <laughs> with them after reveal so much as I did them. Like they were so naughty and nasty and hot, and the chemistry between Mora and John, like get it, get it, and girl. It, it's crazy because that chemistry is not there with Mora with Kevin and Ava, Just and that Ryan. has to do with John Lindstrom uh -huh. and how he plays the two characters. Uh huh. He knocks That's a good one, out yep. of the park and that just the fire that he brings mm -hmm. to those scenes just oh so good. Okay. So Karen. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Who was your least favorite couple? <laughs> this is no surprise to anyone that knows me. It would be Maxie and Peter. Me too. Oh Lord, those two. Oh, oh. First of all, he makes Maxie insufferable. I don't know if it's because he's paired with her, but she's just been insufferable all year long. I haven't, ugh, I just can't stand her. And you know how I feel about him and put the two of them together. It's nope. vomit inducing. I just do not care for them. No, I don't blame you. Uh, Tony Ann, obviously you said that that was yours as well. What, yep. Why? Because they are awful. Um, I have never had a couple on this show that makes me rage just by showing up on my screen. Like, the whole concept of them is just wrong. Like, the fact that she is in love with the guy who had a major, you know, a major part in her husband's death just completely turned me off. And they don't even have enough chemistry to override that. Bingo. Tina, who did you pick? Sonny and Carly. They make me want to hit fast forward. Oof, that's mm. actually, I mean, you're on screen. That's actually not a bad pick at all. 
So it, it, I, I guess I'm just so tired of them. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I, I completely get where you guys are coming from with uh-huh. Maxie and Peter because it's all very legitimate. But I am so tired of Sonny and Carly uh, and their what? I, 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 I just I, I just can't. Oh, no, I 100% agree with both of those choices because they're terrible couples. They're, they're boring, chemistry-less, and just they, their respective actors would do so great in other pairings and just yes. shake the canvas up. And I'm hoping that my couple breaks up and shakes up the canvas as well because they haven't been mentioned yet. And I know their fan base is going to hate me. And I'm sorry, Ooh. you can add something. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, but that's Jason and Sam. Yeah, y'all are oh, good Y'all one. are terrible. Y'all blink, mm-hmm. and y'all are just emotionless and sexless. And I don't need it. Like I'm sorry, you you don't do it no more. Like I don't I, care I what really song. Just, just Sam put. is already dead. So like, good Horrible. They are literally the worst because like I wanted, I had Peter and Maxie on my list, and honestly, I yeah, had Sunny and Carly on yeah. my list too. But when I thought about like the the couple that I just cannot stand to see on my screen because mm. literally both actors are bored out of their minds, it's Jason and Sam, and I need that to stop because I need to be able to hate Peter and Maxie as much as I do, but I can't because you're awful. You're awful, and your fan base needs to calm down because stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> you are coming with the fire, and I so, love yep. it. Tina, yes. who's your best newcomer? Kobe Ryan McLaughlin, who played uh, Shiloh. Yes. Uh, and I understand for those that like to be specific, he first aired in December 28th of 2018. <laughs> but let's be honest, this is all, the, it, it, it was all 2019. And I know some people will look at that and go, he was only around for less than a year. Yes, he was only around for less than a year. <laughs> Longest story ever. So, well, I, this has nothing to do with the story. No, he's great. I but... love him. Yes. Uh, Kobe Ryan is, McLaughlin is also my best newcomer um, because he was amazing. I honestly really liked what they were setting up with Dawn of Day, what they were setting up with this character before it became what it did. And the actor brought it the entire time he was there. And I really enjoyed his performances. And I look forward to seeing what he does after Uh-oh. EH. So that's my choice. Uh, Tony Ann, who is your best newcomer? My best newcomer is Marcus Coloma as Nicholas Cassadine. Uh, he was, he came in towards the tail end of the year, but he was thrown into the deep end and he's making it work. He came in as a recast of an arguably iconic character and it's working. Good choice. Mm. Karen, who did you pick? Well, I picked little Jophia Love. Who I think is the baby Yoda of GH because Uh she's just adorable and she is such a natural, good actress. I usually don't take to child actors very much because they're either way too one, you know, precocious or whatever. She is just delightful. So that I I thought about it and thought about it, and I just she lights the screen up. So I picked her. That's a good choice. That's a very good choice. Uh, Tony Ann, who was the best dressed in 2019 for you? For me, it was Nina Reeves, uh, be it Michelle Stafford or Cynthia Watros. Oh. Even if Nina annoyed me, she at least looked good while doing it. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, Karen, who was your best dressed? Well, I have a tie for this, and it would be the girls. It would be Josh, Joss, sorry, and Trina. Ooh, good I, choice. I really like how they style them, and they're trendy without being over the top. Um, and I just, I enjoy to see, I enjoy seeing what they're wearing every week. So, good. That's uh, what I picked. Tina, who was your best dressed? So mine was Ava Mara West. I really like the different outfits that they put her in. And everything from the horrible pajamas and the horrible Shady Brook, um, everything really fits what she's doing and how she's acting. And I really like the way they dress her. Nice. So my best dress was Marcus Coloma as Nicholas Cassadine. Oh, good pick. Oh. He feels yep. just from his just costuming like a Cassadine. Like yeah, whether right. he's just in um, his cost, his cost there. costuming is telling us that he's embracing the dark side. Uh -huh. Yes, and exactly. I like it. Exactly, and there, that's something that's really interestingly being told by nonverbal cues is who Nicholas is, and it's done really well. So that's why he's my best dressed. So Karen, who's most in need of a makeover? Oh, Laura, <laughs> poor, poor Jeannie Francis, because they've never you, known how to dress her well. We are about the same age. OK. And back in the day, she was always styled perfectly. And now she's wearing blazers, the mm. worst old lady cardigans I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Boxy stuff. They're putting her in yes, boxy stuff. She always, always has on a jacket. In the middle of summer, she had on jackets because I complained about it. So, yes, please, Laura needs a makeover. Tina, who are you giving a makeover to? Honestly, um, I, I thought about Laura really hard, and then I picked Sam. Oh, good oh. pick. Mm -hmm. um, because I am so tired of what she wears. I, I mean, uh, let's be honest, um, the whole you know, jeans and a t-shirt, which is sometimes black and sometimes white. It's, it's just such a tired look on her. Like, can, can we, you know, there was a little while there, they kind of tried to dress her a little bit different when they first went that Aurora thing. And then they dropped all of that. And it's like, I, I, I like seeing her in some color and, and, and something. I mean, heck, even the orange doesn't look back bad on her because we've been seeing her in black for so long. Oh gosh, that's that, that wrong. Well, who did um, you my most in need of a makeover is Maxie Jones. Yep. Both her war both her wardrobe and her character need yep. an overhaul. That's literally what I was gonna say <laughs> to the team because girl, like one, I don't believe you run a fashion magazine at all. She like, used I to just, dress so much did. better. She did. She used to be a fashionista and now she's like I don't know. Like I feel like she's going down to Goodwill. And just grabbing something like it's thrifting. not. She's thrifting, it's yeah, and thing. not even yeah, for she's good stuff. New thing now, it's, but no. she's not getting like the good thrift. She's getting like, oh, that's on the twenty-five cent rack. I got it, and <laughs> it just—it's not working for. Her. And then her character, oh, oh, <laughs> girl, that's not. This was not your year. Um, so, okay, this one. Let's start with Tina. Who's your favorite new character? Uh, Martin Gray. Okay. Uh, other than his acting.
accent. I just love him. So, you know, keep Tad on my screen. I'm happy. There we go. Uh, Tony Ann, who was your favorite new character? Now, I'm not sure if she actually debuted in 2019 or not. So this might be a cheat. And if it is, I'm sorry. But I'm going with Trina on General Hospital. I'm going to bite my tongue for a second because... Me yeah, too. Uh, Karen, who, who's your pick? I was going to pick Karina, by the way, but I couldn't. Um, I'm picking Dustin. I Ooh, like Dustin. He's a, he's a teacher, which we need, right, for the kids. Yep. He, he's running detention one time. And I think that he and Lulu are sparking away, and she's woken up. So that's why I pick. Good okay. pick. So I had both Dustin and Trina. And I'm going to argue that Trina was a new character. Y'all are going to sit here and be like, <laughs> she's a recast of some Asian girl. I'm sorry. There was two Trinas in the class, and they just were friends. Oh, got it. Okay. It. Like, I'm saying okay. it because that, that Asian Trina did not have a last name. <laughs> she was just Trina with the condoms. And this okay. Trina is different. <laughs> she's new. She's improved. Right. They could so have different. Her, You're right. They're, they're, it's a class. I'm sorry. There's even, multiple Johns. It works. It works. Even, if, <laughs> even though I clowned you for this argument when you first made it, that was the exact argument I ju- used to justify Thank putting you. her on my it list. It works because if we didn't. <laughs> Asian Trina didn't have a last name. She was Asian with the condoms. That's it. So we can leave this new one alone to just be new and sassy and amazing because girls got it. And Dustin, I need you to just groom some people and have a story because I need you to have a story because you haven't done anything but be Lulu's man so far. And I need I need more. So good job. All right. So let's see. Tina, who was your favorite return? Of 2019. So, some of you may, uh, I don't know, agree, not agree, mm-hmm. what have you. My favorite return was Hayden. She was almost on my list. Um, I, I think she came in. I know she was only here a short time. She came in a little shaky, but she really turned the canvas on his, on, a, on its head with Violet and then left. I love it. Can't wait for her next return. Hayden Barnes is my pick as well because never did I think that character could do so much to the canvas as she did in such a short amount of time. What she did for the whole Liz having a sister relationship to Mm -hmm. being a part of that family to then what she was shaking up behind the scenes with Nicholas to what she was doing over here with Finn. like That character just, I need Rebecca Buttock back ASAP. Karen, who was your favorite return? Brooklyn. Yep. I'm loving her. Yep. She she was my second. So uh, yeah, yep. I love I love that she's revitalizing the cues. She fits in perfectly. Casting was perfect. And I'm enjoying her every time she's on the screen. Yep. Cosine, because she's my pick too. Uh, it's she's done such a good job. So I I really enjoy her. All right. Uh <laughs> Donian, who was your least favorite return? My least favorite return was Cassandra Pierce. I have never seen her point, so every return has made me want to stab my eyes out with a shallow <laughs> instrument. Allah. I can't stand her. Ugh. Like, please let her actually be dead this time and never darken my screen again, please and thank you. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be that lucky. Karen, who was your least same favorite? Same, ditto, same, same, same. <laughs> yep. yep. Cassie. There you go, Tina. So mine was Molly. 
because she wasn't around for a while and then they kind of brought her back for a little bit but now they're sitting here starting some sort of interracial marriage storyline and she's nowhere to be found (laughs) i don't know what they're doing with this character i love the character of molly and and this sucks yeah you're not wrong well my pick was like uh tony ann and karen it's cassandra pierce i like the actress I think she does a good job. She never needs to be back on General Hospital again because <laughs> this character is just why, like why. I mean, here's the thing: if we're gonna bring her back, then they need to follow what Tina said and make her this uber villainous and just go balls to the wall and make her a uh, new Helena Cassidyne to just go crazy with. Because what she's done right now, I'm like, okay, well, I could have had a V8. It's, it's horrible. Um. Tina, who was your best exit? Kendra. Ooh, good choice. <laughs> I'm she, so she glad was, she's she, gone. She, she went out me. with a bang, and and she's done. You know, I, I'm good. Wait uh, a minute, she, I can't. That was one of mine as well. She didn't make my list, but she was really close. Tony Ann, who was your my best exit was Oscar. I was so ready for his storyline to be over when he finally died. I have yeah. never been so happy to have a character die. Like, I was just over it. And I was just so happy he was gone. Yeah, poor, poor little Oliver. Um... <laughs> that never Karen, Karen, who was your best exit? Oh, the lady that blew up on the boat. That would be his <laughs> Oh, there was even an app for that. Boing. <laughs> nice. Uh, my best exit was Shiloh. Um, one, that's the first like real death I think I've seen on GH where we just knew you dead. Like not just kind of mm-hmm. dead, but like super dead. And also by the time that he was dead, I was so ready for him to be gone. He just was oof. So he he was neck and neck with Kendra. I I mean, it was kind of one of those. Uh, all right, I'm just going with her because we didn't have to suffer for her as long. <laughs> it was a, as, it was a coin toss, honestly. Yep. Thank God, uh, Tony Ann. Who was the worst exit of 2019 for you? Billy Miller's Drew on because nobody cared. Like he literally <laughs> left his. His plane crashed and nobody cared. There was no funeral. There's nothing. Like, his best friend doesn't talk about it. His yeah, like, family... where's the memorial? <laughs> exactly. His best friend never mentions it. His entire family is so consumed with Frank and Drew that he doesn't actually matter. Uh, it, just... It, just, it was terrible. Karen, who did you have for your worst exit? I had, I same, Drew. That It was really handled rather... Abruptly, should I say? And tacky. Um, and it, it wasn't... We said goodbye to Franco as Drew more than we said goodbye to Drew. If you think about it. Yeah. Everybody was like, oh, Frank... You remember he said goodbye to Monica and, and everything. It, it seemed like they were missing that Drew more than the other Drew. So, yeah, I didn't think that that was handled very well. Tina, who did you pick? So while Drew ran a very close second, my worst exit was Kim Nero. I don't think that I was have almost seen on my list. Such a destruction of a character on their way out the door. Um, yeah. 
I, that was just painful to watch. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and it was also sad because, you know, if things had been handled differently, um, I think she could have had some amazing storylines. Um, so. Yeah. 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 Uh, Drew Kane got it for me as well. Um, damn. Just, just damn. Like it could have been so much more. And it well, was don't, don't forget. He could always come back. I mean, yes, he is as a recast. Most soap dead character we've seen in a while with oh his plane went down like okay cool and you're all gonna freak out when he <laughs> shows up alive as well like you yeah, haven't seen this twenty thousand times but it's it's something that for how big and how tied into the canvas drew was to literally have his exit and quote unquote death literally affect not a damn thing and then have them care more about frank and drew like, as Karen just said, like, we've gone, like, a week-long goodbye to this, like, persona that we didn't even get for the actual character. It's just, it's sad. It's, it's sad. So, that's my pick. Karen, who's most in need of a storyline? Oh, my Molly and TJ are most in need of a storyline. I'm hoping, with this little grain of... I want to propose to her coming up. That means they're getting a storyline, but every time I think they're going to get a storyline, they don't. Um, but they're the people, they're the right age. We need this age on the show so bad. There's so many things they could do with them. And that's my most in need of a couple storyline. Yeah. Tony in. Who did you pick? My my most in need of a story is Trina. We've seen her mostly be supportive all year to Joss, to Cameron. I'm ready to kind of explore who she is as a character and have her get some focus. Tina, who do you want to have more storyline? Curtis. Ooh, good pick. I, I feel like he's just kind of been floating and supporting everybody and uh you know i just want him to divest himself of his wife and get a real story mm -hmm. yeah uh i would definitely like to see what they could do with curtis other than have him be a talk to for sure um but i'm much like karen and i want something for molly lansing and tj to do tj is in the medical field now and we're not doing nothing with it. Uh, Molly is Molly Lansing, and she could literally have a young adult group built around her, and we see her twice a year where she's crying over her mom or sister. And that's that's it. Like, I, I need a story. Need it. So why don't we ask Tina who needs less story in 2019? Oh, I know this one. <laughs> I think we're probably all going to have the same, I would imagine. Uh, mine is Sunny. Oh, no. Interesting. <laughs> why, why Sunny? Uh, mind you, I, I thought about some other people, which I'm sure you guys are going to have. <laughs> um, I mean, other than this, the, the Mike storyline, I am so sick of him. And I, I just, I, I need to not see him on my screen for like six months. I know it's not going to happen, but that's what I want. Right. <laughs> Tony Ann, how about you? Oh, all right. I'm just going to go with it and I'm going to say parking lot Peter. They have tried <laughs> to make him work 
for two years and it hasn't, it is time to cut your losses and let him go. Oh my god. You stole my thunder, girl. <laughs> Sorry. So Karen, is that your pick? <laughs> you got it. I I have Peter and giant letters on my list, and it's just like it's not even less of a story, it's no story. He's none. Oh my god. Uh <laughs> Honestly, we should have chosen the character we want to kill off. Yeah. Um, mostly less story for me is uh, Samantha McCall. Um, Ooh, oh, good story. If you're not going to yep. show up to work and work, then you don't need a good, good one. story because yep. you shouldn't be on my screen where you're thinking about what you're going to Uber eat um, during your break. Yep. Um, you need to actually like. Be there and participate, and then when you're participating, the story actually needs to be good. So it's right. on all different parts, like are falling apart right here, and you need to stop putting her on so much. And when she's on, you need to give her something that's going to engage her and make her want to work or make her want to do something. Right, because they're phoning is, it in. It's yeah. horrific. Like everybody mm -hmm. involved in Sam's story is just – it's garbage, and it needs to just go away and maybe come back in a decade or so. I don't know. But just stop, please. So let's talk about our favorite storyline. Uh, Tony, and why don't you get us kicked off here? I am going to go with Nicholas's return and the hunt for the Cassidyne Codicil. It's oh, an umbrella. It's an umbrella story that involves a good chunk of the cast, and the stakes actually matter, which has been sorely lacking for most of this year. So I was all in on this story. I just wish they didn't use the word codicil all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Karen, what was your uh, favorite storyline? It was actually a very good answer um, because it does involve everybody. My, sorry, I'm going to say it. Ryan Chamberlain. Yes. It's my I favorite. almost put that on my list. Um, everything he did and uh, also because it involved Ava. Um, so that's, everybody knows I love him. That's my favorite story. Minus the death of Kiki, which I know was last year, but mm -hmm. minus the death of Kiki because I still think that character could have done a lot more for this canvas. Uh, minus that, I loved everything about the Ryan Chamberlain storyline, and I get that 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 death needed to happen. I get what it caused mm -hmm. and why it was relevant, but I just that's the only thing that hurt me, and I felt like a misstep. But other than that, like everything from the performances to the writing to the pacing to the way it played out kept me on the edge of my seats the entire time and i definitely loved the ryan chamberlain murders tina what was your favorite storyline so i loved um whatchamacallit the uh the whole ryan kevin ava thing Mm -hmm. Um, I, from start to finish, um, it was exactly what I think a soapy good story should be. And I have to say out of that story, um, one of the most best things that came out of it was the most amazing magazine cover mm. ever. Oh, the garden um, of Ava thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Midnight in the garden of good and Ava. And it's like, I really like that they actually intertwined, not just the craziness of Ryan and Kevin and, and then the history from years ago and the whole, you know, actually using the magazine that is 
you know, a part of the the story, the mm-hmm. company, and, and it just drove story and it kind of all tied together. And once again, it makes these umbrellas and those will make good stories. Good choice. Good choice. So, Tina, what was your least favorite storyline? All right. So, I have two written down. And, and and my issue is is that I, I just don't know which way to go because I keep staring at them. Go with your gut. So I think it's going to be the whole Oscar has a brain tumor thing, yes. whatever, Agreed. and the drug dragged out forever death and grief. Almost made my list because I 100% agree with you. I, I just I, I just couldn't. I got so tired of watching the this it, it literally felt like it was six months of grief um, because the grieving started before he actually died yeah and it and, literally went it, it literally was six months because it it all kind of started last thanksgiving of 2018 and then by may he was gone so it literally did last six months you're not wrong you know and it was it was just exhausting and and I wanted more good things to come from it. And I don't feel like good things have come from it. No. You no, know, no. because when a character dies, you want something good to come out of it. And, 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 and I just, it's just not there. And I feel like we went through all that grief for nothing. Uh-huh. Karen, what about you? What was your Kendra. Kendra? <laughs> Kendra. Kendra. I picked Kendra because it was literally someone I didn't care about. Literally about somebody I didn't care about. Kiefer. It was nine years ago. <laughs> and it came out of literally nowhere. And then to compound everything else, Christina wasn't even in the story. So it it was it was weird. I mean, she just went around talking to herself with the giant powder bottle and um i don't know i the, the only thing that saved it a bit for me was that the whole car crash thing at the end because that started the whole next story but uh, that i just didn't understand why it was inserted in there and i just thought it was a big waste of time oh yeah and, and so kendra was my other choice that's mm-hmm. uh, those are the two that i was staring at oh okay <laughs> trying to decide which one was worse? It, it was painful. Mm-hmm. Both stories were completely painful. And I completely agree with you with the whole, it, it was, you know, who cared about Kiefer? Right. <laughs> At this point, too, like, this it, this was a storyline had they told a few years ago. Cool. I might have been on board, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more engaged. But like you mentioned when it was airing, Karen, there are people that don't even know who this is. No. And they didn't really explore it that much before that. It was kind of a throwaway thing. Um, and and really not to have Christina around. Somebody, I don't know if it was on this podcast, but somebody had said if, if, if Kendra had intertwined herself more with Christina. Yes. Like, yeah, I think we, so we like her girlfriend that. and all. Yeah, that kind of thing. It may have flown a lot better, but 
Woohoo. Uh, it's just a mess. Uh, Tony Ann, what was your least favorite storyline of 2019? My least favorite storyline was Sam and Shiloh. And like, mm. Dawn of Day started out with such like promise because he was creepy. And then it became about Sam taking down Shiloh and all of her stupid decisions and every stupid choice that was made thereafter. I was just over it. I could not get past the stupidity of it all. That's fair. Um, you guys all picked really terrible storylines that I appreciate <laughs> as well because it allowed me to then pick this one. Um, and that's memory mapping. Like, what could have been an interesting storyline to just wrap some stuff up and let us move forward and go on just didn't. It, it didn't. It involved a USB stick with memories on it for way too gosh dang long. It required just some, like, choices as far as acting went. Um, it was just dragged on and inconceivable and just wrecked a whole bunch of stuff and then gave us Frank and Drew. And mostly for Frank and Drew, <laughs> used <laughs> to be my least favorite story because what it was that accent. Hashtag <laughs> just, why? You're not wrong. Once again, an actor choice I don't understand. <laughs> it just, and it wasn't always there. Um, all right. So mm -hmm. our last category is most disappointing storyline. Karen, why don't you wrap us up with yours? Oh, this one just pains me so much because I wanted so much for it. And I was anticipating so much and they copped out at the last minute and that's Donna's spina bifida. Um, I really, you know, Carly had a, come on, Carly didn't need to be pregnant again. We all know that. Yes. Carson didn't need another baby again. We all know that. However, given this, what could have been a huge life changing storyline involving a lifelong disability, really, um, and could be quite severe, boiled down to an homage to who they decided to name her after. And I, when that happened, um, you know, after the operation and, oh, it's going to be minor and we did everything, it was successful, the operation. And then it really went on and on about, and we knew the backstory about memorializing the woman who actually died on the show um, in real life. Not everybody knows that story. Um, and they just seem to go on and on about that so much more than her struggle and what could have been a struggle. Um, and somebody that works with kids in special education and that has have disabilities, I really, really was very disappointed. Agreed. Uh, Tony Ann, what was your most disappointing story? My most disappointing story was the memory mapping story, um, basically because it started out so well, like when Cameron and Franco were in that room and Franco was sacrificing himself. I was all in. I was invested when we were waiting for Franco to wake up. I was all in. I was invested. And then Frank and Drew happened. And all of that crap in the middle with the trial and Kim and Frank and Drew we just went left and it just was awful. And it's coming back around towards the end now. Like I'm starting to get invested in it again. But it's just, I had such high hopes of where this could possibly go that where we actually went 
was just terrible. Yep. Uh, Tina, what was your most disappointing story of 2019? So both of, of those made my list. But I, I really have a problem when writers really go and, 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 and mess with history. So they sit here and they pretzel Robert Scorpio into becoming the DA and a lawyer and all these things. And then they don't even do anything with it. Good pick. I, bad I just, pick. Bad what pick. was that? I said bad pick. <laughs> Why is it but a bad ahead. pick? Oh, because I love him being the DA. But he's he not might... doing <laughs> well, he hasn't he hasn't been around that often because he has other things to do in real life, but I Oh, but he's it. had time and he's uh, that's the whole thing. They did it and then I want them to use it. And so they okay. have him on screen jumping into, you know, Violet's life when he really should just be being a DA. Oh, that's okay. my problem. Whoa. <laughs> my problem i just I, I, it's like a complete waste because it should have been really good you're right he, sh he should have been an amazing da like all right you mess with his history you made him a da and then you yeah. drop the ball and it disappoints me that's true okay i was not thinking disappointing in my head but that yes okay i'm sorry just like no that's okay <laughs> i just it, it's just frustrating because it should have been good you're right it should have been great yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, all of it. Okay. So mine. <sighs> so dun, 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 dun. Yep. It's uh the dawn of J Sam. Um so <laughs> Dawn of Day was great. It had so much possibility. It, I loved the fact that it was an umbrella storyline. I loved all the actors involved. I loved where it was going. It was new people. It was so, it was a cult. It was teens. I was here for it. And then they allowed J-Sam to get involved. And that thing went from being entertaining to trash in zero seconds flat. It was flatter than Kelly Monaco's acting. It was just <laughs> It was bad. It was so bad because it didn't need to happen. And had they just focused on the whole Christina element of it and they just had Shiloh being creepy and then manipulating all this and pulling strings and he was a big bad, cool, and I was here for it. And instead, once they had, had him get so, like, just wrapped up and obsessed in getting some Sam that he never even got to get, it just was just... Ugh. And just boring. <laughs> and then they had chemistry. Also, Shiloh and Sam had chemistry. And they could have just, she could have just wanted to have sex with the man. It's okay. It's 2019. It's a soap opera. Just do it. Do it on the floor. Do it on the bed. Do it on the table. Just do it all around that place. And have Christina walk in and be like, oh my God, you're doing that. Just run the story. <laughs> just tell the story. Make it a soap. <laughs> and instead, well, it was awful. Disappointing. I, I, when she came in and she was first like investigating, I really wanted her to fall for him. Me too. It was there. She could have. It was. Could have manipulated her and then had her fall, and then that would be the story because she's fallen in love with this man and she thinks she's being manipulated, but she's torn apart because she wants Jason and then blah blah blah. Like tell the story. Tell. Well, they missed the a whole big backstory with those two because she could have been. Doing him while she was doing the dad. Yes, yes there, there was. I mean, 
uh, let's be honest. Um, I'm tired of the Sam that just wants to be with Jason. Doesn't matter who is playing Jason or, or what Jason looks like. It just wants to be with Jason. It, it, it's kind of sad and, and, and I'm done. And I, I would have been completely on board for her falling for Shiloh. And I thought that's where they were going. I wish they I'm had. sorry, Jonathan. I know. Okay. So I didn't put this on here, but I'm just going to go around the table and say, Ooh. what are your final thoughts? And I know we still got like two weeks left in December, and we'll probably talk again um, before that. But what are your final thoughts on 2019 as a whole for General Hospital? And what are you looking forward to in 2020? Um, because I just threw that out there and I'm going to let you have a minute to think about it. I'll, I'll go first, um, on that one and just say that 2019 as a whole for me for general hospital was a disappointment that then gave me hope. Like there was a lot in the show that set up some great things there's a lot of potential now going forward and especially with the new writing regime that we have i I feel like they've got a sense of what they want this show to be and what direction they want to take things and i'm really interested to see where it goes but there was a lot of missed opportunities and missteps that really held gh back from greatness um the spina bifida story was offensive it there's there's literally no other words that I can say other than you shouldn't have done it. You just you shouldn't have done it because what you did is just spit in the face of every viewer that has a child that has to go through this disability that didn't get to have a miracle cure. Um, but then you counteract that with what they're doing with Max Gale and the phenomenal work they're doing now with Mike's uh, story. And it's just, it, there's a lot of just disjointment um, in it. But I'm really looking forward to what 2020 holds for Nicholas. We got Brooklyn. We have, like, the, these writers are bringing back characters that we know, we love. They're tying it to the canvas. They're doing umbrella storylines. They're bringing these big moments and the writing towards them, and I'm excited to see what it holds. And I'm excited to podcast and discuss it with you guys here um, because this has been a really enjoyable experience, and I'm really excited to see where we go. But with that said, I'm going to throw it over to uh, you, Karen. What, what did you think of 2019, and what are you looking forward to in 2020? Well, as a whole, you know, when I look back, because I did do the blog, um, it was very up and down for me. Same thing. Love parts of it. Parts of it were deep, dark black holes that I would go for weeks saying, why am I still tweeting? I, I questioned, you know, whether I wanted to continue with that. And then it really picked up some steam. I, I hope that management can get it together where they can keep the the actors that they need to keep, let the other people go that they need to let go. Cause let's face it. GH still has the most giant cast ever. Um, and I think to tighten things up, that's going to have to shift a little bit, but I am so pleased with what I've seen. I think that they're really trying to get the cues to resurge a little bit, um, which is going to be wonderful. And I also think that, uh, you know, they did tackle the Alzheimer's story, which was very good. 
and the dia this these past couple months with the dialogue and the movement of the characters on canvas, like you said, Jonathan, gives me hope, so much hope. It reminds me of the old days when you would see multiple sets and people move between multiple sets. They're using a hospital a lot more as well. So um, I think the year as a whole, I it, it was average, a little bit above average in areas. Um, but I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the, the quarter mains coming back. Um, I want to see, you know, Tracy's visit and just how things go from there. The Cassadine too, the Cassadine stories. Very cool. Tony Ann, what did you think of 2019 as a whole? 2019 as a whole was a yo-yo for me. Like the first three quarters of the year were terrible with little glimmers of gold. But then around October or so, we kind of started getting into a better direction. I feel like they're setting us up to have a very good 2020. There are characters and stories that I care about, that I love, that I'm excited to see what happens going into the new year. And I did love joining this podcast team. So that definitely oh. made watching General Hospital a lot easier for me when I was not having the best time. Yeah. Yay. I forgot to mention that too. Oh, sorry. I love you guys. Uh -huh. <laughs> love you uh -huh. all too. All right, Tina. What what is your thoughts on 2019 as a whole? All right. So I found most of 2019 to be extremely dark. Um, I think that the writing just went into this deep dark place and we had so many dark stories that the good stuff was really hard to find. And I think you need more of a balance. And since October, you have seen more of a balance. I am also liking the fact that you see the Cassidines starting to reemerge um, and actually be fighting about Cassidine things. Um, for, you know, those that may not think they're a core family, they've been around since, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. They're kind of core at this point. Um, I, you know, with Hayden and Violet, I mean, we're talking about more Webbers. I mean, they may, she may use the last name Barnes, but she's a Weber. Um, and Franco is a Baldwin. Webbers and Baldwins have been around kind of since the beginning with the Hardys. And, and, and you know, it's like I, I, I like to see these old families. And then, of course, the Quartermains, which have also been around for a very long time. And we're seeing more of them. And it, it's nice to see these stories and these families kind of intertwine and become involved. And the dialogue has improved. Um, the storytelling has improved. And we're seeing dark things, but light things too. Uh, I mean, Violet is like this shimmer of sunshine. I love her so much. Um, which is really nice to see. Um, and, and, and I just, I, I see it, it's trying to change and become more balanced and they're putting more on the screen than leaving it for the fans to connect the dots off screen. 
So I, I, I hope to see that, see that we're coming out of the dark and, and going to a slightly lighter place. Yep. Very well said. Very well said. All right. Well, on that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode. We have some really exciting content forming and coming up for you next year and throughout the rest of this year. So stay tuned to rtakemedia.com for that content. You can follow us on Twitter at rtakemedia. Use the hashtag rtakegh when discussing this podcast. And also, let us know what your best and worst and favorite and least favorites were. We're very interested and we want to hear your thoughts and opinions because you guys are why we do this. Um, you can follow Tony Anna XO, Tony Roney XO, as mentioned before. Karen is at Wubsnet and got some great best and worst content coming up at Wubs.net. You can follow Tina at OLT. Tina OLTL and myself at Soap Wiki John. Until next time, bye bye. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye.